Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to Renegade Files. This is a cold opening intro to give you a quick heads up about this unique episode. This episode was produced as a Patreon bonus episode, but I also wanted to share the experience the episode is based on with our general podcast audience, so I'm posting it here for you for free. This will also let you take a look behind the Patreon curtain, so to speak, if you're one of those fans who enjoys the show and may have considered joining the Renegade Files agency on Patreon before, but just haven't. If you are a patron already, thank you so much for your support, and you may have already heard this bonus episode. If you are not yet a supporter of the Renegade Files on Patreon, this is my way of giving you a glimpse into just one of the types of content available to the Renegade Files agents there. That being said, this bonus episode is also unique to that platform because it centers around a road trip to a UFO conference. And most of the other Patreon bonus episodes, or PBEs as the agents know them, are more like our traditional investigative report style shows we all know and like from the normal Renegade Files podcast episodes. I just wanted to give you the background for why this episode sounds a bit different from our normal broadcasts. The PBEs have a different theme song and maybe a different feel, especially this one because it is a field excursion. That's all. And thank you for always being cool and open-minded about Renegade Files, and I hope you enjoy this free Patreon bonus episode. We'll get right back into the regular episodes in just a few days with Renegade Files episode 37 when we dive deep into the dark world of the cyber-industrial complex and the potential pending cyber-pandemic false flag. Important stuff there, so get ready. In the meantime, enjoy this free Patreon bonus episode. This one's on me. Cheers. Hello and welcome to your Renegade Files Patreon bonus episode number four, a paranormal and UFO conference road trip. These Patreon bonus episodes or PBEs are only available to RFA agents like you inside the Renegade Files agency here on Patreon. I'm sending you vibes of gratitude. Thank you for being an RFA agent. Your continued support is greatly appreciated. This show is possible thanks to you and your fellow RFA agents. Connect with me and everyone here through the comments on any post that you like. Let's dive straight into this bonus episode number four, a paranormal and UFO conference road trip. This episode is something new for us here on Patreon and for Renegade Files in general because unlike the standard format of researching and reporting on a paranormal or clandestine event, this time we focus on a conference I attended, some of the excursion to get there and back, and the people I met and the things I learned or found interesting about the speakers and the others attending this event. 
I have always wanted to add Adventures in the Field to the repertoire of Renegade Files podcast content, and this is my first attempt at figuring out the best way for both me as a creator and you as a listener to accomplish and enjoy this type of episode. I've listened to a few podcasters who do these kind of shows, and I bet you have too. There's a few versions when it comes to field podcasts. Some shows take a totally bootleg approach, and they just record the whole trip and then edit it into a show later on, and those can be really fun. Other people may take notes or write while on their excursion and then make a more traditional studio-recorded episode where they tell you about what they did on the outing. After listening to several versions of these out-in-the-field podcasts, I think the style that suits Renegade Files best ends up being a sort of hybrid between these two. I like to write, and you have come to expect content that actually provides information, so the rambling approach isn't going to work for us. At the same time, only writing about an experience and delivering a purely investigative journalist-type episode That isn't exactly what I'm going for with these out-in-the-field episodes. My plan is to use the field investigation, paranormal trip, or whatever kind of relevant outing we can come up with to create a fun, informative episode that lands outside of the everyday studio-recorded, two-weeks-of-research, 6,000-word report of the traditional Renegade Files cases that we all know and love, and I will keep doing those. As a Renegade Files agent on Patreon, you already know that one of the three main things I'll deliver when we hit our goal of 425 patrons, or agents as we call ourselves, will be to attend one UFO, paranormal, or conspiracy conference or location per year. I'd love to do more. And make a special episode based on that expedition. My dream is to go to the big festival in Roswell. And when we hit 425 patrons, that is going to be my first trip. With that in mind, though, I want to have my field investigation episode game tight by then. So rather than wait, I'm going to do a few smaller trips on my own dime to get the style perfected before I make that pilgrimage to the holy ground of Roswell, New Mexico for that king of UFO festivals. You'll be able to say that you knew me back when. To that end, though, and for this PBE, I took a trip across the state to attend the Southwest Florida Paranormal and UFO Conference in Fort Myers, Florida on Sunday, 15 January 2023. I found out about this conference while searching for an event like this that was close enough for me to drive to, and luckily, when I stumbled on the SWFL Paranormal and UFO Con website, it was just a few months away and not just past. So... I made my arrangements and I had a plan to go. When I first looked at the event posts, they had only booked one speaker and I initially considered applying to speak at the event and I could have, but after I thought it over, I decided that the run and gun approach would be better. I had just gotten over a cold that caused me to lose my voice and uh, that combined with like the holidays and then a minor but like still somewhat debilitating injury. Don't worry, I'm fine, but It caused me to be way behind on the Renegade Files podcast episodes, so I decided that whatever time it would take me to write and prepare prepare a conference presentation would be better used to catch up on producing the Renegade Files episodes. Not only that, but then I could just go to the conference, have fun, talk to people, hear the other speakers, and, you know, of course, bootleg promote Renegade Files while I was at it. So it turned out that one of my buddies, Rich, who is also a huge fan of the show, he has all the gear like Renegade Files shirts and hats, 
We talk about weird stuff all the time. He's given me ideas for some of the episodes. Anyway, he represents the podcast as a true fan, and it just so happens that he also has connections in Fort Myers where the conference was going to be, so we decided to meet up there because he had plans to be in that area at the same time, so it was all coming together nicely. Having never made an in-the-field episode like this, I went through a few ideas and I kept returning to the simpler-is-better approach. I myself am a lifelong outdoorsman and a wilderness camper, and you may have camped as well. Anyone who has camped enough learns pretty quickly that there's many things that seem like a good idea, but you never really use them once you get there. There's an entire industry focused on selling first-time campers things that experienced campers know are useless. So I kind of found myself in that first-timer mode here, and while this wasn't a camping trip or even an outdoor trip for that matter, it was still my first time making an episode about my going to a UFO conference, so I was conscious of the potential to take too much gear or to try to do too many things. For example, I had thought about taking the Zoom PodTrack P4, which is the line mixer I use to record the podcast in the studio, not an endorsement. Um, it's made to be somewhat portable. You can power it with batteries or a USB cable. My truck has a USB port. Um, I also have a noise-canceling field mic, and taking the Zoom mixer wouldn't really be a big deal. It fits in a shallow, rectangular, like, plastic box I have for it. But in the end, fiddling with it is kind of a pain. Even in the studio when it's on the mixer desk and in its little tripod, messing with it in the truck or whatever is a giant nuisance. I've done it before, and in some cases it might even be worth it. It's good for field recording sounds and stuff like that. But in the end, I opted to record the field notes on my iPhone. Some people record their entire podcast that way, and using it is way easier when you're on the move. So that is the variation in audio you'll notice, and personally, I think it adds to shows like this. It makes it obvious when you're hearing the field recordings versus the studio stuff, and I think it works fine. My plan for the conference was to just take a small notebook and take notes as we heard the speakers present, which is exactly what I did. I ordered Renegade File stickers just for this event. I mean, I've always wanted and planned to get stickers made, but... This was the perfect time to have them, so I ended up using Sticker U after doing my research. Uh, they weren't the cheapest, but they came out great, and they arrived on time, so that was cool. I also redesigned the business cards, and I got those before the event as well. I made Ziploc bags for myself and my friend, and had the new business cards in those, which essentially are made to be handed out as tiny podcast flyers. They're not like my personal business card. They don't have my email or name or anything on them. But they do have the podcast logo. And then it says, on all podcast apps. And then they say, UFOs, Unsolved Mysteries, Paranormal, and Covert Culture. And under that is a QCR code. And then below that, the renegadefiles.com website address with an arrow pointing to the QCR code. Because that's where the code takes you to the website. I can hand it to anyone if somebody finds one and I'm not there to explain anything to them. They've got all the information there. The card's purple, so it's our branded purple color. Pretty cool. They, they've been very useful as far as promoting the podcast. So I had those. 
I also had an extra Renegade Files t-shirt I got when I was setting up the merchandise store. So I made a gift bag that had the t-shirt and a pack of two stickers and maybe 25 business cards. And the plan was to give that to the first person we met who knew the podcast. My friend suggested we have them name their favorite episode because anyone can say they love your show once they find out you do a podcast. And I thought that was good input, so we went with that. As far as marketing, that was our plan. Aside from being flexible and adjusting on the fly if we needed, so we were set. With that being said, let's jump right into my field audio that I recorded as I headed across the state through some beautiful open roads, through farms and woodlands, across the top of Lake Okeechobee, and on the way to the conference, which is on the Gulf Coast at Fort Myers. Check one, two. All right, all right, all right. Good morning. This is Lex Gordon coming at you. It is 0630, and I am driving to the Southwest Florida UFO and Paranormal Conference. And this is about a three and a half hour drive for me. I'm in the truck right now, headed there. I got a little bit of a late start. I left about 20 minutes after I had planned to. I left at 6.20 instead of 6 a.m. That's fine. I built some cushion time in at the destination end of the trip this morning. And I really don't have an appointment or anything. Let me just give you the rundown of what my plan is. This is the Southwest Florida UFO Conference. It's in Fort Myers, Florida, an annual event. This year's event is, in the words of the promoters, at a more intimate venue than in years past, and that is promoter language for smaller, which may very well be more intimate as well. Anyway, it's going to be a good day. There's several speakers lined up. I don't have that in front of me, and I didn't memorize them, so... Just put a pin in that right there and I'll circle back around when I edit this and give you the lineup and tell you a little bit more of a preamble to what's going on as far as who's speaking at this event and what uh, what to expect from the presentations. In general, what I am doing today is making the drive over there. I'm going to meet up with Rich, who is a great guy. He has given me a couple ideas for episodes. I'm in constant contact with him. He has Renegade Files t-shirts and hats and stuff that he has generously bought through the merchandise shop. So our plan overall is we are going to meet up at the conference. We're both going to show up in our Renegade Files shirts and hats. I've got a bunch of swag. I've got a backpack that's got packets of business cards i just got the new stickers they are really really nice and uh just in time for this event as a matter of fact i also have a bag that has a t-shirt in it and it has a package of 20 or so business cards and a few stickers if we meet someone who genuinely knows and likes renegade files the they get the bag that has a t-shirt in it and other than that we're just going to hand out business cards and stickers and talk to people about ufos and cryptids and ghosts and all that so this should be a really fun day now as a little a couple footnotes here as i mentioned it's about 6 30 in the morning it's about a three and a half hour drive that puts me there about 10 a.m i wanted to get there the first speaker starts at 11 15 so that gives me that gives me an hour and 15 minutes extra now i i had built that in if i had left at six i would have an hour extra 
to stop and get breakfast somewhere and then have a 30-minute cushion. So as it turns out, a little bit of a Hollywood start this morning. So I got uh, out later than I planned. So that the position that puts me in right now is I still have an hour to stop and get breakfast somewhere, but only 15 minutes on the other end. And that's fine too. I just want to be able to get in the venue and get seated before the guy starts. And if I don't, then it's not a big deal. But I would like to hear him. Maybe I could slip in. Anyway, that's why you plan. That's why you put some extra time on your clock. And that's my current situation as I drive west, leaving the Jungle Villa outpost in the dark, leaving Neo the cat on the inside, on the couch, because it is 38 degrees this morning down in deep, deep down in the uncharted tropics. And that's about as cold as we ever get. So this may very well be the coldest day of the year. Anyway, enough about the weather. This is going to be a fun day. I'm going to come back around. This is just my little opening note. So that's what's on the agenda. Headed out of the Jungle Villa, headed three and a half hours away to the other coast of Florida on the Gulf of Mexico to the Southwest Florida UFO Conference. Lex Gordon on a mission, meeting up with Rich, a fan of the show and a good friend of mine. And uh, we're just going to take over the conference and give out some swag and meet some cool people. I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to record. Maybe not a lot while I'm there. So that's just my brief introduction. Right now I'm making the turn to swing around onto the ramp, get on the interstate, head south, and I will talk to you soon. So now I'm on State Road 70, which is from I-95 to Okeechobee. goes over the top of the lake, I'm pretty sure. Essentially, I'm in cow country, middle of nowhere. It's beautiful out here. It's 7 o'clock right now. It's 36 degrees, so it's colder here than it was when I left the Jungle Villa outpost because of where I am, even though it's a little later in the morning. The sun is just coming up. It's daylight, dawn, as they would say, I guess. And the situation is that... I have two choices as I drive. I could either be comfortable and not be able to see the road because my windshield fogs up as well as all my other windows because it's hotter in the car than it is outside, or I could turn my defroster on and be freezing to death but be able to see. So given the two options, being able to see when you're driving 75 miles an hour on a country road is more important than being comfortable. So I'm freezing to death in a Florida kind of way, but freezing to death nonetheless. And it won't be like this all day. Once the sun gets up and burns some of this off, it'll be a little more reasonable. My windows will clear up and I'll be able to drive and be comfortable. Right now I'm cold, but that's okay. I like being cold, matter of fact. The other part of that is because, yes, it's cold, at least for our area, 36 degrees, but you're still in Florida, so it's like an 88% humidity. So it's like it's like being cold and wet at the same time. It's kind of the situation. If you could, if if you live in this area, then you know. If you don't, you can't even imagine. It's it's different. That's why people from up north come down here and freeze to death <laughs> when they're used to being in 20 degrees, and they come down here, and when it's 40, they can't stand it. 
because it's always high humidity and the air just clings to you in a different way. But man, is it beautiful right now. I'm in open fields with cabbage palms and cypress heads and some cattle ranches here and there. Open road. I'm on a four-lane road with a big median. And I can see lights behind me maybe a mile or two and no one in front of me. And I just love it, man. I love to drive. And I love being on a nice, open, clean, smooth road like this with no one on it. I have it to myself. I own it, as they say. Beautiful, beautiful. So that's the play-by-play part two, rolling out. Check back with you. Okay, cool. So it was really cold for this area, and driving through the country on a cold morning like that was really fun. I'm totally in my element. I love to drive. I don't like to be in like Miami traffic, but I love to be out on the road going on a trip. It's just the best. I had only had coffee before leaving that morning and I took one coffee for the road. So my plan was to stop and get breakfast on the road somewhere. I was coming through the town of Okeechobee at between 7 and 7.30 a.m. It was still really cold. There were ice on some of the rooftops. And I mean, I know that sounds mundane to so many people in cold areas, but for us, that's a novelty. Even though it was a bit earlier than would have been ideal for me to eat breakfast, considering the rest of the day and me not knowing what time I would get to eat later, but I started to realize that if I didn't find a good place in Okeechobee, then there was likely very little between the outskirts of that small town and my destination with basically nothing but lake country and boat ramps, cattle ranches, and maybe a trailer park or a house or two between there and Fort Myers on the coast, and that was still two hours away, about. I knew there was supposedly a Dunkin' Donuts according to the Maps app, which was at the corner of one of the road changes up ahead and just out of town, and it looked like that might be the last chance for any kind of food, so I thought If I didn't see something better, I could always stop there before heading into that next leg of the trip, into the literal middle of nowhere. But just as I was thinking that, I saw a place on the left, just ahead, called Pogies, P-O-G-E-Y-S, which is maybe someone's name. It's also a type of fish, but a saltwater fish. It was a local diner, and it looked like it was open, and the parking lot I saw uh, three sheriff's deputy cars and a bunch of big pickup trucks. A few of the park trucks had Dutton Ranch level horse trailers or $100,000 bass boats behind them. And I was like, that's it. That's it. So I wheeled in. I parked out of the way from the door dingers, which is always my MO. And I walked through the cold morning to the doors. I saw people leaving the restaurant. And in minutes, I was at the counter stool with a hot cup of coffee. The coffee was great, and that's important to me, and the food was excellent, and I am a breakfast connoisseur. I love breakfast out. Biscuits and gravy, hash browns, not home fries, hash browns, and scrambled eggs. I will not go to a place if they only have home fries. It's lazy and weak, people. Get it together. Everything was fresh and homemade and cooked perfectly, and this is a little bit off topic, but it's just part of the road trip, man. I love it. They even make their own hot sauce there, and it was pretty good. I'm a Tabasco man myself, but theirs was solid. There were old guys in there with cowboy hats on, and the servers were friendly, and after that, I was so happy and satisfied that 
I thought no matter what else this road trip and conference is like, at least that breakfast made the trip worth it. But back on the road and a few twists and turns aside, I made it to the conference right on schedule. There were seven presentations from 10.15 a.m. until the last one finishing about 6 p.m. And given the subjects and presenters, plus the fact that this was a three and a half hour drive there and back for both me and my friend, we had agreed to skip the first speaker just because it wasn't something we were interested in and it would give us a little bit of extra time to get there. So we got there in time to hear the second guys who were Christopher Balzano from the Tripping on Legends podcast, also Healing the Witch, and Mark Muncy from eerietravels.com, and they were set to start at 11.15. I got there about 10.45 or so. I had plenty of time. Saw my friend Rich waving me in from the parking lot. I showed him the swag bags, and with both of us in our long-sleeve Renegade Files t-shirts, and black renegade files hats we headed into the check-in and uh planned to take over not really we got our entry bracelets and conference kits and we were inside the venue is a comedy club called snappers and they had a full bar a special event menu of like burgers and some other bar type food and they had one ipa goose island which is good enough in a pinch so we were set The special event menu for the show was like on alien green paper. It had a UFO on the top and the items they had were things like the uh, out of this world burger, Saturn's rings, which were onion rings, galaxy fries, flying saucers, which were fried pickle chips. It was like great fun, right? So they also had two specialty drinks, the cosmic cooler and the event horizon which were fruity drinks, and one of them was blue and one was red. We stuck with the IPA. The small conference packs we got when we checked in had two event logo stickers, conference-branded pens, a program with the presenter times, picks, and topics for that day, and a collectible paper ticket. So it was very simple, very clean, and it was, it was well done for sure. The place was set up for presentations, so they had, I think, maybe 10 high tops in front of maybe a 12 stool bar. And then beyond that were rows of, I'd say a hundred chairs facing the stage. The venue was really good for this size of an event. I'd say there was between 90 and 120 people there at any one time. And the space, it held them well. We posted up at one of the high tops that was on what you would call the front row of high tops. Then there was an aisle between where our tables were and they had left that space between uh, the row of high tops and the first back row of chairs. So we were right on the pathway uh, people were taking as they walked back and forth to the bathrooms and the vendors because the indoor vendor tables were set up on the sides of this interior space. So on the left and right of the chairs and tables if you were facing the stage. This ended up working perfectly because we kind of made our high top an unofficial Renegade Files table and we put out fan business cards and stickers and we bought some bootleg credibility by arranging the event program and speaker schedules, you know, there behind our stuff and make it look somewhat official. And because our table was at the center of the high tops and it was right on this main aisle, we fit right in. And so the whole time we were there, People were taking Renegade Files stuff, and the few times we left between speakers to go check out the other vendors outside, 
we came back in to find that more of our promo materials had gone and it worked like a charm. So also thank you to the promoters for being cool and letting us hustle at your event like that. I'll never forget it. So let's dive into the presentations. As I said, we strategically missed the first presenter. The second up and the first guys we heard were authors Christopher Balzano and Mark Muncie. And there wasn't any recording allowed in the event and that's reasonable. So I'm just gonna tell you some of the highlights. These were, these two guys were really good. And having two of them really worked because they played off each other well. You could tell they like each other. They kept it light and fun and they kept it moving. They were good. Their topic was top hot spots in Florida to find cryptozoids and ghosts. And I was amazed that even though I'm a Florida native and I'm into this kind of stuff, that I had, I had not heard of so many of the stories that they had for us. One of those that I'd never heard was one that Mark told about the Punta Gorda turtle. This was back in the Florida pioneer days and there had been a big storm and as can happen when huge hurricanes pass, the low pressure and receding storm surges can actually drain entire bays. I guess this is what happened in Punta Gorda back in the old days. There isn't much information about the Punta Gorda turtle online, and I didn't write any dates down for this one while he was speaking, but I think it was during the Depression, so in the 30s. I could be wrong about that. Many townspeople were struggling at the time regardless, so when the Gulf Bay waters fully receded after this hurricane, a lot of the people walked out there to gather fish and clams left behind by this temporary dried seafloor. One family spotted what looked like an old pirate's chest, and this would have been the area that one may be in, so they hoped it was treasure and they ran over to get it. It was locked or maybe rusted shut or both, and they didn't have any tools out there, and the waters were starting to slowly but surely flood back in. They drug the chest to the top of a small island, and they assumed uh, this was a submerged hump when the waters were full like normal. They hoped that placing the chest there might make it easier for them to find when they returned by boat, but they needed to move fast because the waters were quickly deepening. Once atop this small island raised mound or whatever it was, the water flooded around them and they began to panic. Suddenly the ground under them shifted and as the water deepened, this island, or so they thought, rose, and they saw flippers at each corner and the raised head of an enormous turtle. This family of four clambered in shock to stay on top of what they said was a turtle with a shell of 30 feet in diameter. The giant turtle swam them to shore and they departed in a stumbling and disheveled fashion, and I guess they had the treasure chest with them still and back at the family barn they opened the chest to find that it only contained old cannonballs but the story of the giant punta gorda turtle was something they all stuck to for the rest of their days now i had never heard of the punta gorda turtle punta gorda is an area on the west coast but oh west coast of florida but I was surprised to learn that some of the largest sea turtles recorded have actually been up to 15 feet in total length. 
So it's fully within the realm of possibility that one 30 feet may have existed or exists today. A family of four could almost certainly ride on a turtle of that size. Christopher Balzano mentioned a haunted Florida woodland he called the Mayaca Flats on the southwest Florida coast where you can go camping and ghost hunting at the same time. I couldn't find any information on the hauntings or the ghosts in that area, but I think the reason I couldn't really find anything about the paranormal nature of the forest is mostly because there is both the Mayaca State Forest and the nearby Mayaca State Park, and these dominate the search results. I'll have to ask Christopher more about this sometime. I did speak to him briefly between presentations, and he was really cool. He also told us about this super haunted Arbuckle Creek Bridge, said to be haunted by a witch, and that's in Lorida, Florida. I appreciate how he dug deep into the ways that stories evolve over time, like tales of newly returning Vietnam veterans jumping from a bridge, not even built until the 1980s. He seems to like the sensational stories like most of us do, but at the same time, he's interested in keeping it real. I had never heard his podcast before the conference, but since hearing him speak and meeting him, I started listening to Tripping on Legends, and it's really good. It's inspired me to get into the field more, which is something you know I've wanted to do with Renegade Files from the beginning. As I've said, this Patreon bonus episode is my first take on that kind of episode, so we'll work on it. One of the topics Christopher and his co-host Natalie Christ discussed in his episode 16, and that's a Tripping Legends podcast, was how puckwudgies got wikied, and that was the title of the episode. It's the idea that our modern information society and the communication tech that drives it has influenced the ways that folklore evolves and maybe even generated new classes of folklore. This concept fascinates me and it brings together a few threads I've already been considering for a while now. So it has given me an idea for a full episode on the ways that communication technology, information overload, and social media are changing not only the ways urban legends and folklore are created and understood, but the way those things have deep influences on how we think, react, and process our world. It's a topic I'll have to work on more, but that's the direction. I think there's enough there for a full episode, so watch for it. So Mark Muncy and Christopher Balzano gave the first talk we watched, and it was really good. Between sets, I met four really cool friends, among them Lou, so shouts out to that crew. It was really nice talking to them, and I hope they become Renegade Files listeners. If any of you guys hear this episode, give me a comment on a post at our Instagram page, which is at Renegade Files on Instagram. So, nice to meet you guys. The next speaker was Daryl Sims, who's also known as the Alien Hunter, and his first presentation was on alien implants and abductions. He actually spoke twice at this event. The most interesting story he gave us, at least in my opinion, was about a dog that was abducted by aliens and became pregnant afterwards. Then this dog had a litter of, I think, five puppies, and the puppies were all five totally different dog breeds. He did show us a low-res picture of these dogs, and they were five different kinds of dogs, but that could have been taken at a dog park for all I know, especially since all five dogs were fully grown in the picture. 
When was the last time you knew of a full litter of dogs that stayed together for life? Maybe alien implanted dogs do. It was still a cool story. Daryl Sims' style isn't really my thing, but he does seem to entertain a certain segment of the UFO paranormal crowd. I had to ask myself why I felt this way, and I think what it comes down to is that Sims presents everything he says as hard facts. Or at least in his presentation that I saw at this event, he did. Example, aliens' eyes are actually lenses that let them see an x-ray vision. Fact. Done deal. If you didn't know that, well, you know it now. Fact number two, a dog abducted by aliens had a litter of five different breeds. You want proof? Here's an old picture of five different dogs. Case closed. Next subject. Whereas guys like Balzano and Muncie love the paranormal, obviously, but they're willing to say, I don't know. They don't claim to have every answer. They may have or discover some answers or some connections, but they admit they're in this with the rest of us, and none of us know exactly what's going on here, so in many of these cases at least, I respect that. Maybe I like those guys more because they look at things more like I do. Daryl Sims seemed like a great guy. I said hi and had a quick exchange with him between speakers, but the way he presented as the final authority with every answer makes me a bit cautious, that's all. The next speaker was John Zaffis, who's also known as the godfather of the paranormal, and as far as nicknames go, that's right up there with the best of them. He appeared on the Sci-Fi Channel TV show Haunted Collector, and his whole thing is haunted objects. So dolls, paintings, dresses, all that. He owns a haunted object museum filled with the many things he's collected over his 40 years of investigation, and... After a brief bio that he gave us, his entire hour was taking questions from the audience, and he did an excellent job with that potentially cringy format. I mean, when I found out he was going to do an hour question and answer, I was like, man, that's brave. I don't know. I'm the guy that always fast forwards past the coast to coast AM with Art Bell question and answer part where he takes calls on the air. I know some people love it, but I don't, I don't know. Anyway... John Zaffis got some really good questions, and he gave thoughtful answers mixed with cool stories about haunted objects and some of his experiences. A lot of the questions focused on why an object could produce paranormal activity for one person and not another. It's a really good question. Or why it would be paranormal in one place and not in another. And Zaffis always came back to his assertion that everything is energy. And you know I agree with that. He calls it a perfect storm. When an object with whatever residual paranormal energy comes into the possession of a person with maybe psychic kinetic energy or some empathic ability, and the combination creates this occurrence or disturbance or whatever. I guess places can have those energies too, so it could be that a doll in this certain house causes unexplained phenomenon, but move that doll to a case in another location and that activity stops. John Zaffis also talked in some of his answers about the power of what he calls intent and purpose. And this is the same thing that I would call expectation. So someone going to what they have heard is a haunted bridge, hears voices, and someone riding their bike over that bridge to go fishing at a lake doesn't hear anything. I think this can absolutely be true. John Zaffis is another experienced and well-traveled paranormal researcher who very often is humble enough to say, I don't know, when he doesn't know. 
He was super cool and really fun to listen to. Catch him speak if you ever have the chance. For my part, the Q&A format of an hour presentation is a bit scary, like I said, but he made it look easy. I asked if he knew of and had an opinion on the bet sphere, and at first he didn't know about it, but after some description from me and another audience member, he did recall the story, but um, he said he'd never looked into it. That's a great case of an object that may have been influenced by the haunted house it was in, but then at the panels where they studied it, the sphere didn't do anything. So as for the conference day, John Zaffis finished at 3 p.m., and the next three speakers were focused on subjects that I really wasn't interested in, like hypnosis as part of your Reiki practice, or the aforementioned part two of Daryl Sims and another Q&A with an author. And being that both me and my friend had three and a half hour drives home, we decided we would gather up our stickers and business cards and head out. All in all, it was a really great experience, and it was totally worth the trip. Hearing the speakers was really fun, and I learned about some paranormal tales and places in my own state that I had never heard of before, so that was really cool. I got new ideas for trips and more field investigation episodes, so the day was a fun success. Absolutely. It was also cold, which I love, and I mean Florida cold, so highs in the 50s and freezing in the morning. That was awesome. I had a great drive back through the country, and I got to see something really neat and unexpected, and you'll hear that in the final bit of audio. As I drove back, I recorded my thoughts after finishing a really fun paranormal and UFO conference. It made us want to go to a really big conference, so I'm already looking for the next one. Okay, so here's the audio from the ride back. All right, it's 4 o'clock. I just got out of the... Southwest Florida UFO Paranormal Convention, and the short synopsis is that was really good. That was worth the trip. It was worth the little bit of money it cost to go for the ticket, and it was really, really fun. I had a great time with uh, Renegade Files super fan and good buddy of mine, Rich, and we sat, we listened to mm, three presenters. And our plan was one of the presenters was going to speak twice, once in the beginning and then once near the end. And we both sort of agreed that we will hear that person once and then decide if we want to leave before he goes on, which would give us a little uh, earlier arrival back home time, or if we wanted to sit through him again. Well, it, even though what he was presenting was two different topics, after we heard him speak the first time, the answer to that was a resounding no so we we end up getting out of there a little early so it's a little bit before four we also decided to not hear another one of the speakers so we didn't stay for the entire thing and i think a lot of people didn't but the venue was really cool it was very comfortable it was like being in sort of like a bar with a stage pretty big so a small event but a full venue, in other words. So not a giant conference, but just a small little sort of festival. And they had several booths there with people that had cool stuff like crystal alien skulls and then all the normal sort of hippie stuff you might imagine. But a lot of writers were there that had their, they had their books. We heard some great speakers. So now I'm over here in BFE, Fort Myers. I got a three and a half hour drive home and it's four o'clock. I want to get out of this uh, side of town where the traffic is bad uh, as soon as possible. Even though it's Sunday, the sooner the better. So 
heading back home to the jungle villa outpost deep in the uncharted tropics i'm gonna go into the laboratory there and work on this little bonus episode and hopefully you know i have enough content i think i do some interesting stories some fun times and uh we're gonna see how it comes out i might record another version anyway over and out i'm driving back now from the ufo conference and i'm on state road 78 going around Lake Okeechobee and I'm not quite to the town or city of Okeechobee yet. So in other words, once again, out in farmland, you know, beautiful out here, gorgeous. It's 6 p.m. on Sunday. It's a little bit after 6 p.m. right now on Sunday, January the 15th, 2023. And as I was driving, probably around six o'clock, maybe a little before, I got to see a launch from Cape Canaveral and that was awesome. And I remember that last night some guys were talking about it and they said that it had been scrubbed for some reason and that they rescheduled it and apparently that was it right now it was really cool because i'm far out in the country it's that once again that dusky time of day where the sun is setting glowing orange in the west and uh still plenty of twilight you know, I can see to drive, but I do have my headlights on. But it's just that cool, you know, they call magic hour, golden light that you get at sunrise and sunset. And so because of that, the vapor trail from the launch was all golden and orange and sunset colors. And I got to see the state, the I guess one of the stages of the rocket breakaway. And then as that thing pushed through the atmosphere, this huge plume surrounding it, it was really impressive. I took some pictures. Hopefully they'll do it at least some kind of justice. I'll put those up on the Instagram page and on the Patreon post or wherever I end up. I'm not entirely sure how this is all going to edit out and where this material is going to end up. However, the launch was impressive and it was cool because I'm on a wide open country road and, uh, no one really in front of me and so I have a clear view of the sky as I'm driving and just to see the launch in that situation was really neat at the same time I got to see the stages break away and then it was probably I mean it was a good few minutes after the I could no longer even see the rocket had gone that I saw something at first I thought it was a plane and then when I looked more closely what I was seeing were the illuminating fragments, apparently, of whatever that thing drops off in its first stage. And they lit up like comets coming back into the atmosphere, I assume. And I've never seen that. I've never seen exactly that. Maybe it was because of the time of day and the sunset and everything, but that was really, really neat. So, pretty cool to be coming back from a UFO conference and see a rocket launch into space i mean that's neat i don't know what it's doing it's probably low earth or earth probably a spacex low earth orbit satellite deployment something like that i have no idea but that was cool so over and out i am so glad to have you as an rfa agent on patreon Leave a comment in this post to say hi or if you have any observations about this story.
because of you, I get to make the main podcast and in return give you bonus episodes like this one and the dark intel files for each episode and the other fun posts here in the RFA Patreon secret layer. So be sure to check all those out. Until our next exploration, I'm your host, Lex Gordon. Stay wild, Agent Child. Okay, so that was a little bonus for the regular podcast feed. I hope you enjoyed that glimpse into one of our Patreon bonus episodes. Not all of them are exactly like that, and most are more like the regular Renegade Files episodes. And there's a bunch of other content there, like I mentioned, the Dark Intel Files, my weird internet files posts, pictures, cool stuff. If you really want to be a part of what's going on there, just tap the Patreon link in the show notes or come to patreon.com slash renegadefiles and I will see you in there. For now, cheers, and I will see you on the next full episode here in just a few days.